Welcome to the Podglomerate. This is Status, the show about how immigration impacts people. The news over the last few weeks has been heartbreaking. You've likely seen photos of children being taken from their families or left in cages. If you're braver than me, you might have listened to the crying of some of those children thanks to the incredible work of the journalists at ProPublica. You may have seen that 575 people were arrested in the Hart Senate office building as they protested, among other harms against immigrants, the Trump administration's zero-tolerance policy. On June 30th, thousands gathered in D.C. and many other cities across the U.S. to deliver a message. That families belong together. But what you may not know is that on June 29th, there was a smaller gathering in front of the Capitol reflecting pool. By my estimation, there were anywhere from 100 to 150 people standing and praying, holding battery-powered tea lights. This multi-faith vigil was put on by Sojourners, a faith-based social justice nonprofit that also sponsored the march and the rally the next day. Now, as a once-religious queer person, when I think of faith and social issues, I often think of condemnation from the kind of evangelical conservatives that I grew up with. But what this multi-faith group of leaders was putting out into the world last weekend was not condemnation of immigrants. It was an antidote. Their message was a welcoming message. I went to both events. I heard and saw some amazing speeches, performances, prayers, and stories. And I'm going to share some of those with you today. But seeing as this is our final episode together, I also have a few other messages from some people that you and I know. You're going to hear from some of the people who shared their stories here on Status about their hopes for immigrants in the U.S. and globally. Before that, though, I want you to hear one of my favorite stories and prayers from the vigil. It's from Reverend Dr. Sharon Stanley Ray. Last Friday night, my 78-year-old mom, who struggles even to walk now, left her retirement community to go to a smaller town to a detention center. Before she went, she made a sign. That sign said, all children are God's children. She put it in a plastic bag. She got two clothespins so that she could hook it to her pockets because she was afraid she couldn't stand up and hold her sign at the same time. She was doing what all of us need to be doing figuring out the message that is on our hearts and making sure that we as elders and as children join together. And then the Reverend asked the group to repeat the refrain, all children are God's children during her prayer. God, in a season that should be filled with summer camps, not detention camps, let us say, 
All children are God's children. And a summer room travel and tent camping should not be in a tent city in Tornillo or on a mass military base where children have been torn from the arms of their parents. Let us remember all children are God's children. In these months when travel and seeing new places should not be from the window of a detention center bus. Let us say, all children are God's children. When our very nation is complicit in planning for the chaos and the pain of immigrant families, while falsely proclaiming that somehow that will better protect both us and them, let us say loudly, all children are God's children. What this phrase does so eloquently is summarize a lot of what people who watch the news in the past couple of weeks have been feeling. It does so in a way that works really well for a large portion of the world. But even if you don't believe in a god of any kind, I think Juan's words will speak to you just as deeply. You'll remember Juan and his mother Patricia from Season 1 episode Windows and Doors. It's one of my favorites, and I'm so happy that he was able to contribute to this final episode. I asked he and all of our other returning storytellers, what were their hopes for immigrants, both in the U.S. and globally? I hope that immigrant families know that that there are so many people that know that what they're trying to do is is done out of love and is done for the people that they care about and that there isn't this anger and this hatred towards them from, from everybody or from the entire world, which is what it can feel like sometimes. I hope they realize that there's not just one American dream, not only because these dreams are repeated and lived in countries all around the world and in all different walks of life and ways of being, but also because there's just not one version of this dream. Um, I think it's too easy to, to feel like there's so much pressure to do certain things or be certain ways. What I hope that other immigrants know is that each dream can be as unique as you need it to be. It's as unique as each person, each child that comes here and realizes that the human experience is is just too big to be captured by a single plan or a single dream. I also hope that they find strength in each other and in themselves, even if it feels like everything is is too big and and impossible to keep going on. There there is a strength in finding in somebody else the the way to move forward. Um, I hope they find hope and confidence and security. But more than anything else, I hope they find love. Um, I think about a quote, actually by by Viktor Frankl who was the neurologist and the Holocaust survivor. And, and he has a quote that, had, that has honestly stayed with me and gotten me through so many things. Viktor Frankl says, the greatest secret that human thought and belief have to impart, I've discovered. And that is that the salvation of people is through love and in love. And I think that that is, is so fundamental here. There's so much difficulty and pain, and really, at the end of the day, what makes it worth it and what makes it possible to survive is is love. And so that, that would be my hope. 
I hope that, that the families and the children and the parents and everybody that's trying to, to make it here in this world, um, I hope you find love. At the rally, there were many moving moments. There were children reading letters to other children who had been separated from their families. There was a mother who had been separated from her son. She was told that while they were separated, he could have been adopted. But after months of fighting, they were finally reunited. They brought celebrities like Alicia Keys and America Ferreira to the stage. And in a moment, I'd play for you if I could... Lin-Manuel Miranda sang Dear Theodosia as a lullaby for all the parents that couldn't sing one for their children. One particular speaker stuck out to me, though. Hello. My name is Jordan Theodore Roberts. And like you, I chose to be here today. We've seen the state of our nation and decided we must take action. Life is about making choices. We face a million choices every day. Some choices are so easy, we don't have to think about them. Turn right or left, coffee or tea. But some choices are daunting. Do I just do my job, or do I risk everything and say no when the tasks I've been given are immoral? In February, I faced that choice. It was my job at the Montana Department of Labor to pass information to ICE that would be used to deport people. I couldn't do it and live with myself. In February, I had seen the video of Border Patrol dumping life-saving water in the desert with full knowledge they were condemning people to death. I had seen ICE arrest people who had been reporting to them for years throwing them in immigration detention centers where they were abused. I had seen loving families torn apart for no good reason. I couldn't comfortably sit by and let it happen. I couldn't be part of the, that machine even if I would only be one small gear. I couldn't just follow orders. even though it meant placing my family at risk. I was no longer comfortable with the demands of my job. Those who are comfortable will not change. I wouldn't have had to quit if just a few more people joined me in saying it was wrong to perpetuate our cruel immigration system. He continued his story and ended in a plea to other people who might be like he was. Doing a job that's just a gear in a large, impersonal, harmful system. He asked them to join him in walking away because their work, even in the smallest ways, separates families. What happened to this guy was that he had the impact of his work and the realities of what bad immigration policy does to people made human for him. If this show has tried to do anything, it's been that. To make the struggle caused by harmful immigration policy real for you. 
long before we get to a place of separating families even. And from what I've been told by people who've listened, I think we succeeded. In fact, Tyler, from our most recent episode, Black Kiss of Death, said just that. Especially today, we're seeing a lot of negative news attention and attitudes towards immigrants, um, especially in the U.S., but also over in Europe as well, that even Canada is having issues um, and negative behaviors kind of directed towards immigrants. Um, And I think there's a variety of reasons for that, but the biggest thing and kind of perspective that I have to share with this is that after the story of Eddie and I came out on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, um, the amount of positive feedback I received from family and friends um, via Facebook and other sources, it was it was really overwhelming and, and great to see. Um, but I also received a lot of support from even those that I wouldn't have actually expected to receive support from. Um, and I think a large part of this is that one comment we kept getting over and over um, from people was that, wow, Eddie, we think, or I think that you're the first person that I know that's had to go through this. And my reaction each time was always a little bit of, well, it's Eddie may be the first person that you're aware of his status, but I'm almost confident that all of these people do know other people that are undocumented or are going through immigration struggles and they're just not aware of it. And so I think the biggest thing for me is that after having come out of the closet in a way with our story of after three years of dealing with this, um, people very close to us, coworkers, family members, um, friends that we're good friends with but maybe don't see all the time, um, they finally had a better understanding of what was going on and had this realization that what they're seeing on TV isn't just on TV, that this is affecting people that they know and it's affecting them very directly. Um, And so I think that's the only way that we can kind of start to change some of these negative perceptions of that is that this isn't just something that's happening down along the U.S.-Mexico border, that this is in every single city, every single state in the country, um, and it really does affect everyone, whether they realize it or not. And so as scary and as difficult as it is to kind of share your story with others, especially knowing the legal ramifications that it could have, Um, I do think it is important because without doing that, um, it's very difficult to make that change and change those perspectives because the law is not going to change until everybody has a better understanding of this is an issue that affects them. The other thing that I would add uh, for immigrants to know about or kind of a message to them uh, is to know that they are needed and they are wanted here in the U.S. and in other countries around the world. Um, That even though there oftentimes are um, negative stories and negative perceptions that are being talked about in regards to um, immigrants is that there are many people that understand that immigrants are a necessity in order for a collective society to operate correctly. Um, And I think there are many in the United States um, that really do understand this and really are trying to work towards changing laws to make things better and easier. Um, So just know that they aren't alone. There are people that are fighting for them. Uh, They do contribute to society. Um, And we, even myself from Canada, will continue to work to 
change laws and make things easier for immigration in the United States uh, because we are a nation of immigrants um, and we need to understand part of our history in order to work towards our future as well. Tyler says you're wanted, and that certainly is a common refrain, but it surely is not the message being sent by many. For those that are inundated with messages of hate and disrespect, Yah, from Season 2 Episode Hustle, has this to say. My hope for immigrants and their families and loved ones in the U.S. and around the world is for them to know their value and worth. The political climate in the U.S. and bad propaganda has currently painted an ugly depiction of what immigration is, and the immigration community needs to show the world that that is not the case. Fear and disparity is engulfing the U.S., and the whole world is watching. The world is watching the U.S. leadership be selfish, abrasive, and childish, instead of extending compassion, mercy, and empathy, which in doing so in no way says that you are compromising your beliefs or stances on said issues. My hope is that the leaders of this country will rise up and write a comprehensive immigration reform for all immigrants, especially those who have given their all to serve this country and improve and advocate for their communities. This is my hope that they will take into account the decades that these immigrants have already put into this country without any basic rights, such as voting. And I hope that they will not draft a plan that will make immigrants wait 30 more years just to get a green card or permanent residency and finally be able to vote when we have the cream of the crop of policymakers, lawmakers, and elected officials that can make this nation a better place. If they still do not get to that point, then my hope is that the immigrants will override their fear of the unknown with curiosity and the zeal to venture out into the world and to their home countries or to other countries that would accept them for who they are and give them a platform to make monumentous change like the world changes that they seek to be and make this world a better place. We will go where we're celebrated, not oppressed or tolerated. It's not often that I lose hope. At least it didn't used to be. Lately, it's been happening a lot. I just read a story that said that it's now USCIS policy to start deportation proceedings when someone's denied an adjustment of status. That particularly is a punch in the gut. But occasionally, there are words that give me hope. I've got a couple moments from the rally that did just that. From Psalm 146, which says to the oppressed, this will pass because there is a power much greater. And it says to the oppressor, this will pass because there is a much greater power than you. I will praise the eternal all my life. As long as I exist, I will sing. Do not trust in the nobility, the wealthy, the powerful, the despotic man. He will not be any help. His breath will depart. He will return to the ground. His plans will come to nothing. These words stir up a bit of passion in me but I'm not sure that the rabbi and I are talking about the same power. We very well might be, 
but no words have been as hope-bringing as those of Reverend Tracy Blackman's at the Families Belong Together rally. My name is Reverend Tracy Blackman, Executive Minister of Justice and Local Church Ministries for the United Church of Christ.
as grim as it might be, we have been here before gives me hope. We made it through all of that. We're going to make it through this. We just need to keep fighting. Reverend Blackman is a light in my darkness. I hope status was a light in yours. I hope these stories have made human this complicated policy issue. I hope they've brought these distant, impersonal happenings a little closer to home. Whether you were here all along, or you're just discovering it long after we're gone. And I hope, if it's the latter, that things are better when you are. I hope that we were able to make it better for you. And on that note, I've got one last piece of tape for you. It wasn't taken at the rally. It's from the night before, at the vigil. Right at the end, we were asked to join in singing a song that has represented many a movement. I invite you to sing along if you'd like. Feel free to imagine that we are all in front of the Capitol together, if that makes you feel comfortable. Personally, the image of all of us singing there together feels like the best way to see this thing out. That's that's the key it's it's in. All right, let's just start there. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Everywhere I go, ready? Everywhere I go, I'm gonna let it shine, oh, everywhere I go, I'm gonna let it shine, everywhere I go, I'm gonna let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, all the way to the White House, all the way Status was produced by me, Matt Horton. Music was provided by Ben Mitchell and Breakmaster Cylinder. The status theme song was Bread and Circuses Are Back by Ben Mitchell. Thank you so much, Ben, for letting me use it. Status is a member of the Podglomerate. You can check out all the great Podglomerate shows at thepodglomerate.com. Status could not have happened without so many people. Thank you, thank you, thank you to Ariha for being my early inspiration and editor. Anna Fauci for teaching me to love politics and policy. Jeff Umbro for hearing something you loved and investing in it. Gimlet member Slack for being basketball emoji every day. Leticia Britos Cavanaro for buying me the microphone I recorded this whole show on. Jake Warga and the Stanford Storytelling Project for teaching me how to make this thing and for putting up with my bullshit. Helen Zaltzman for creating a super helpful, if sometimes ridiculous, Facebook group. My great friends in D.C. that I ignored for many, many nights to finish up episodes. And my absolutely incredible husband, who gave both his husband and his story to this endeavor. You really didn't have to, but I am so happy you did. I love you so much. And that's it. I want to say more, but I don't think that there's anything left to say. I got a few big ideas, so look out for me in the future. But who knows when that'll be. If you don't hear from me soon, stay informed, be good to each other, and vote while you've got the right. That's our best hope for change.
more time. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Let your light shine in this darkness. Thank you.